Hello there and welcome to Community Life. Here we talk with the community experts about their life journeys and learn from each other. And today we have a conversation with Demario Bell, a keen thinker, doer and innovator, Detroit native and TEDx organizer who's passionate about building community and fostering positive relationships. So welcome Demario. It's so good to be with you. Hi Yuri. I'm super pumped to talk to you, you know, folks previously told like you definitely should told, should have this conversation with Demario and I was like, yes, finally we are doing it. So here we are. And I'm so happy to be here. The first question, why do you miss having a Blackberry? Oh, wow. You did your research. <laughs> <laughs> I miss having a Blackberry because there was something at the time when you had a Blackberry, something about status. It was like you were like important when you had a Blackberry. Um, so that's what I miss most about Blackberry. Um, I also, there was this feature called BBM Messenger, which is very similar to like the messaging features that we have now. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was only for folks who had other Blackberries. And um, and I like the full keyboard as well. So the full keyboard was just like everything. So those are the reasons why I really, really miss uh, the Blackberry. Yeah, full keyboards is amazing when you're just writing down old messages and you see all the, it's like, yeah. So, yeah. so much fun. What what phone do you have right now? I currently have an iPhone. And it's interesting. Someone asked me over the weekend because I was taking pictures. And they loved the, how the pictures turned out. And they said, Demario, what type of iPhone do you have? And I said, you know what? I actually do not know. So you're <laughs> let me see. Actually, what type of iPhone is this? Oh, it's a 13 Pro. Um, okay. <laughs> you, have, you have an iPhone 13 Pro. And um, the portrait mode on it is really, really outstanding. It doesn't really require much uh much editing of, of the photo so yeah that's what i have now i would have never gotten an iphone if they still made blackberries i'm gonna be honest with you yeah i i feel kind of very similar way for the nokia and because i i had uh, nokia very similar to blackberry with a qwerty keyboard yes. which was like totally amazing you know while others have to type like three times to have one letter uh i i just done like this, you know, it was super fast. So I totally understand. <laughs> I remember the Nokia phones. Yes, that is a throwback for sure. <laughs> totally. It's, it's, it was just amazing, you know, but and I feel like we sound a little like old men, like, oh, in my days. <laughs> I know, but time is moving fast. I mean, if you think about it, like the development of cell phones and not to get too deep, but I think about when my parents first had cell phones back in the 90s. And I remember they were like these big block things and they didn't hold a charge that long. And, and, I, and I just like when I look at the development, you go from like the phones that they had, then you have the Nokia, the Kyocera's, and then the iPhone came out in 2007. And so I know that seems so far, but it also too seems like so close at the same time. I mean, for me, I was in high school when I gave my age, I was in high school when the first iPhone came out. And I remember this year, and I know that we have other, other questions. I remember when the first iPhone came out, which was the first generation because I had it, mm. um, could not send picture messages on Okay. It. And it's and so it's it's fascinating to see how the evolution of just the iPhone itself because it wasn't for like maybe I think the second phone that they had come out with where you were able to uh, to uh, send picture messages. So yeah, but now here we are. We have the iPhone is basically like a professional camera, and and you know so yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've seen even courses like how to shoot a movie with an iPhone or how to do a professional yeah. photos with an iPhone. So I feel yeah. like they have a really great marketing team, you know? <laughs> I, I They do, actually. I was reading a case study about Apple's marketing philosophy, which is like really, really impressive. And then Simon Sinek, um, um, who is just a great thought leader, had done a TED Talk around Apple's marketing philosophy about how they always start with their why, like why we need their product. And they so they really appeal um, to us as humans, which is why I think a lot of people like Apple because it's about the experience that Apple provides. And I and Apple's not, you know, paying me to say this. I'll say <laughs> this one last thing, because I also too, when I think about building community at Coltrump, which is the organization that I work at, I often ask myself, how do I create an Apple experience within my community? And so you think about the Apple store. People love going to the Apple store because they love the experience that they're going to get from the moment they, they greeted by the first person who checks them in, from the lighting, from the gadgets, um, and then from the unwrapping experience. When you think about when you get an Apple product, you think about the unwrapping experience, which is really pleasant. Their packaging is great. Now, if you were to compare them to Microsoft, Microsoft makes amazing products and they still dominate the market. But when you get a Microsoft product, the packaging isn't as nice as the Apple product, but it's all about experience. So yeah. Yeah, and also I feel like it's all about human experience because, and also stories people share. Because if somebody done something and like sharing to your friend to the friend and you will go to this Apple store and you like you always have a little biased, you know. That is true. That is true because we what do we call we call that social contagion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, I would absolutely agree with you. So we talked a little about your parents. So let's start from the beginning. Tell me more about them. Who are they? Oh my goodness. So that's, you know, that's a really personal question, Yuri, and one that I actually don't really talk about a lot. And it's funny because my friends, uh, you know, they would say, tomorrow, you know, we actually don't know a lot about your your family life and not that you're secretive about it, but you're really <laughs> concerned about like how much you share. And so I would say this, you know, I grew up in a two-parent household in Detroit, had wonderful parents, um, middle-class um, household. Uh, my parents were wonderful. In fact, it was my mom and my stepdad. Um, but they taught me really strong values about what it means to be um, a good citizen, um, what it means to be a good person. Um, they taught me a lot around Christian values, which is our faith. Um, and they really taught um, the importance of hard work. And so um, I'm I'm really blessed to, you know, have had the parents that I have, you know, well, at the time, you know, you don't always feel that way when you're getting, you know, we have a lot of rules that to follow and, you know, other things, you know, um, yeah. but looking back, you know, being introspective, I, I, I'm grateful for what they instilled in me. And, you know, I was saying this to a friend, uh, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what, I can say that they raised me and I can say that they wanted the best for me given what they had. And so I'm grateful. I really am. I'm grateful for them. You know, um, they're really proud of what I've been able to achieve. You know, um, they, I've achieved far more than they could have imagined even for themselves. And so um, I'm grateful that I've been able to, uh, you know, take the tools that they've given me and use them for good. 
How do you feel while seeing them proud of you? How do I feel? I would say it makes me feel good that they can see the manifestation of their work or the manifestation of um, what they've helped um, nurture and grow, you know, over the years. And I would say this, you know, um, there have been points in a relationship where it's been a little hard, but I think that's true for every relationship. You hit those points where you're just like, hmm, this don't feel good right now or something has happened. Um, but I think, you know, I never doubt that they're proud of what I've done. Um, but, you know, Yuri, this is not a win. You know, this is a, but for me alone, but it's a collective win because no person is self-made. And mm-hmm. I didn't get to where I am and I'm still climbing, you know, um, I didn't get to where I am um, alone. And, you know, even when the times when I didn't feel good, you know, or there were times where things might have been fractured between us, the love was never questioned, you know, and I think that you can have difficult points in a relationship. And for those who really love you, you can still feel that, you know, even from afar. Yeah, I know we fight sometimes with my wife, so I know what what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we're still together, so. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true, Yuri. And you talked about Christian faith, and I'm also a Christian, and I'm reading, okay, I'm I'm trying to read Bible. I didn't read it, but I'm like halfway through it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are so many answers to so many questions, so many life questions. And how do you feel about Bible? Do you ever search for answers there? Yeah, that's a great question, Yuri. So I think that, you know, the Bible for us, I look at it as a guide as we navigate this world. And one of the things I don't want people to get fixated on, and while this is, you know, my belief and my truth with a lowercase t, um, if you've read the Bible from book end to book end, great. If you haven't read it from book end to book end, if you've read only a few pages, I think what matters the most, Yuri, is the condition of your heart. And so, and I think that's what God, you know, looks at when he's trying to discern what we've contributed to the world. It's what's the condition of your heart? Have you been faithful to his commandments? Um, have you been faithful to him and have you been faithful to yourself? And so I tell this, you know, to people, I said, the reason why I believe and the reason why my Christian faith shows up in all aspects of my life, even at work, is because at the end of the day, you know, when this is all said and done, I want God to be able to say, well done, you can come on in. Welcome. We were waiting for you. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So to your question, I do read the Bible. You know, I read a scripture daily, um, which is my daily bread. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do go back to the Bible when I need answers. That's what it's there for. And in fact, last night um, for me, it was I had a long day at work and um, I had some other things that were crossing my mind that were kind of vexing and I needed to go back to the Bible to provide clarity around moments like this. 
And there's a, a scripture in the Bible. It's from Hebrews. I think it's Hebrews 11, 1. And it reads, um, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And what that means is that for me is um, while I'm on this journey, you know, yeah. maintain faith in God, even when I can't see the next step. But that faith is what I have to know that that next step is good. And so um, so faith is important. So that's what I've been really holding on to. And just my life in general right now is having faith in that um, uh, where I'm wanting to be is right on the other side of this. So, Do you have any more daily habits which influence your life? I do. Um, so each morning, I typically wake up around 4.35 o'clock. Um, without an alarm clock, it's become just like, you know, routine for me. Um, so I wake up every morning and I meditate. And so that gives me an opportunity to, um, to just allow myself to be with myself while it's quiet. I read an article once and it said that... Um, The hardest person to deal with first each day is yourself. And so it was a really well-written article. I can't even remember it because I, I, I wish I could share it with other people. But I read that article and I said, it is so true. I think that, you know, once we center ourselves first, I think we can navigate our days a little bit easier. And so ever since reading that, I got into a practice of getting up at 4.35 o'clock each morning. I meditate. I read my Bible. Um, I spend some time being still. And then um, I get up and get ready for work. And I've found how that really makes me more prepared for the day. Whereas, you know, some of my other colleagues who are probably like cranky or groggy or who are not morning people, I don't even use that language because I've had enough time to really get myself prepared for the day. Mm -hmm. Um Another ritual that um, I do now um, is I get out and walk um, daily. And I do that for health reasons, but I also do that because I found that in my walk, I'm also able to just allow the universe in. Mm -hmm. um, I work remotely. I, I do travel a lot too. But I also realized when I get out and walk daily, Yuri, it's just I feel like I'm allowing the universe to come in and kind of like, you know, be with me. And so I do that. Um, that's another daily practice that I have. And I bet you are going without uh, headphones on. I do go without headphones on. So I, this is no judgment to people who walk with headphones, but I need to be able to hear what's around me. <laughs> um, but I, I actually don't I don't use the headphones. I kind of just like. I take it in. I want to hear the birds chirping. I want to hear the wind. I want to hear the cars go by. I want to hear the murmur. Um, all that is important. I, you know, I tell you can listen to your headphones, you know, in, 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 in your in your place. But the sounds of nature are so important. And, you know, I'm always curious, you know, I'll, I'll wonder, like, you know, why does that bird chirp? Or why do they, you know, what's their cadence of chirping like that? Um, or I, I marvel at, if it's at night, the crickets, you know? So yeah, I um, um, I like to listen to nature while I'm out. It's my way of bonding with it. Are you using the same route every time? 
most likely yes, but then also try to break it up as well. So where I live, um, it's a, a, it's a very busy area, and so uh, lots of shops and things. But there's a trail actually just a few blocks over from me. So I typically walk the trail each day, and for me, it feels new each day. Actually, or at least that's how I what I tell myself um, is that it feels new. So each day. So Detroit native, what does it yeah. mean for you? Oh, goodness. Yeah. For those who are not familiar, Detroit is a city in the state of Michigan in the United States. Detroit is known for being um, the city that um, put America on wheels. And what we mean by that is that the automotive industry was um, um, started, you know, because of Detroit. All our manufacturing companies are based out of Detroit, at least the big three. And um, I'm so proud to be a Detroit native, Yuri. I mean, there's a spirit and a soul um that the people of Detroit embody um we don't always get a good a good rap um from from folks you know because of crime education but that's true for any urban community you know any urban community that uh that is dealing with inequity um injustice um um and so but for me um you know, I, I grew up well, you know, I'm grateful for my parents for the life that they, they gave. And uh, I'm grateful for the friends that I have, you know, back home in Detroit. Um, um, I had a good childhood there. I mean, I, my fondest memories, you know, are um, Detroit um, and Detroit. Uh, my best friends were, were, were met there. And so I'm a proud Detroiter. And that definitely comes up. Anytime I tell people, you know, when people ask where I'm from, I say I'm a proud Detroiter. I'm proud because, you know, the Motown sound also started, you know, so, so our, our, the music scene. So but there are a lot of good, good things about Detroit. So, you know, for me as an outsider of the U.S., like Detroit is like Eminem, like the first yes. Eminem, Detroit, eight mile, you know, like, <laughs> yes. I, it's funny because, um, I would get that people would ask me about eight mile, the, the road. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So I, I know eight mile very well and eight mile for those um, and you're for, for those who are listening is it's the dividing line between this actual city of Detroit and the suburbs of Detroit. And there's a lot of friction around really the, the history of eight mile road, but Eminem um, is from Detroit as well. And he, uh, he did a movie um, yeah. called it, which is a really, really, really good movie as well. And so, yeah, I, yeah, it's fascinating that you mentioned that. What is the first memory of your childhood that comes to your mind right now? Ooh, that's a great question. I think the first thing that comes, I'll tell you this, this is a picture that I'm painting right now. Me, I have two other, I have, I have a total of five siblings. Two have since passed. I now have two um, living siblings, so th three living now. Um, as I shared, my, one of my si sisters previously had passed away a couple months ago, so still dealing with that. Um, but uh, my two other siblings have a memory of us. We had to have been like maybe three, four, and five. We're sitting on the front porch of a home that we used to live in, and our shirts are all messy because we're eating popsicles, and we're laughing, and we're having fun. Um with each other, it's a sunny day. Um, that that comes to mind for me immediately when I think about my childhood um, or memory from my childhood is um, the value of play 
And, you know, you're, we only get such a limited time to be kids and to have, you know, fun in that way. And so that's what comes to mind. I think when we become adults, fun and play look a little bit differently. But you think about when you have a, when you're a kid, you don't have a care in the world. The whole concept of bills, going to work, like, like that means nothing. So that's what comes to mind is, you know, I remember, you know, just having fun just genuinely being happy, yeah. Did you ever had this thought that I'm not a kid anymore? I did, I, I, it happened when my mom, uh, I had to start working at 14. Um, um, my aunt owned a restaurant in Detroit and you know, one weekend my mom was like, you know, you're going to work, so I, I want to teach you the value of a dollar. And so for me, it was like, okay, I'm not a kid anymore. I, I'm, I'm officially, I think in, in our parents' eyes, we're going to always be their child. Um, and even when I started working, I never felt like I was older than I was, I know that doesn't make sense. I always, always, I was always a child because I was my, you know, um, but in that moment I was, I knew that I was progressing from childhood to now being a teenager to a young adult. So for me, I think that was the moment where like that transition was happening for me. So. What did you do there? Pay my dues. I was a dishwasher Let me at a restaurant. And let me tell you this, Yuri, I have a lot of respect for dishwashers at restaurants. Now I know now they have like, 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 like dishwashing machines that like do it. And actually when I was, I'm gonna jump and then I'm gonna bring us back. Um, one summer I was a camp counselor and the week before camp started, they hosted like safety patrol week for students who were safety patrols in school to come up to camp and to spend a week together. And that one week I was a porter and the porter was, you know, cleaning the kitchen, serving food. And I saw the dishwashing machine and I'm like, oh my, where was this at when I was in my aunt's restaurant washing dishes hand by hand where my hands at the end of the day, they were really hard. They were, they were rough. They, I was just like, my goodness, that machine. Washed those dishes in like what five ten minutes, and so. Um, but I washed dishes, and I did that all throughout middle school and high school. Well, eighth grade, and then all throughout high school. Um, so for four years, and I tell you this, it really taught me a lot about working and the value of working. And there's something in the Bible, Yuri, that says, "Despise not the days of small beginnings." And I go back to the days that I was a dishwasher because the the humility that I had as a dishwasher is that same humility that I have now as a um, as a uh, community manager at Coach Ramp. Yeah. And what Christmas dinner means for you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say. I don't know that we did a lot of Christmas dinners, although I have been to several Christmas dinner parties. I think for us, Yuri, and this is not to cheat, for us, it was Thanksgiving um, that was that that held a lot of sentimental value. While we celebrated Christmas, like the unwrapping of the gifts, I think that by the by the evening we were like, okay, go do your own thing. Um, but for me, it's 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 um Thanksgiving. And what that means for me is family. It means connectedness, togetherness. It means community um, and giving thanks for 
all things in your life. And so that's the one holiday that I really look forward to. And while I think that we should be celebrating each other throughout the year, but I think that moment, it's just, it feels particularly special. How do you connect with your family while you are away from home? Well, now with the invention of social media, um, they find ways to find me. (laughs) (laughs) They will always find you. (laughs) They always find you. That is so true. Um, So um, primarily through text. um, And I have Instagram. And then I have, not many of them are not on LinkedIn, but really through text, FaceTime, um, and, and Instagram. And so... Um, I try to weave in phone conversations as well, because those are really valuable. And so if I feel like the text conversation is going on too long, then let's just pick up a phone and just have a a conversation. But um, I like the phone conversations more than the texting. I think the texting is great if you're just saying, excuse me, um, I'm thinking of you or how you're doing. But to catch up, I love those phone conversations. And that's how we do. And I try to stay in touch at least once a month just so they know that I'm alive still <laughs> and, and and vice versa. And yeah, vice it's good versa. to know. <laughs> it's good to know. It's good to know. And so for the ones who I don't, you know, talk with regularly on the phone, I try to keep a social media presence. So I try to post something um, every once in a while so they know that uh, life is good. Are you the one who calls or who picks up the picks up the, the the phone? Depends on who's calling and who I need to call. There's some <laughs> people I'm avoiding, Yuri. Well, uh, <laughs> I would say that I'm the one who is initiating, checking in on folks, making sure that everyone is well. I consider myself a connector, and I genuinely love people, and I genuinely care about people. And so I am typically the one who does re- pick up the phone. Um, but it does depend on who the person is, because there are some people who will say, well, tomorrow I'm always reaching out to you. And I say, you ain't get the hint yet. Once you shared, I was made for sunny days. Tell me more about that. I was made for sunny days? Yes. Um, I, I love everything about the sun, Yuri. I love how it glistens from my skin. Um... I love the mood that it puts me in. Um, and I love the fashions that I can wear when the sun is out. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so not to sound, you know, gaudy at all, but um, I love, I love sunny days. I, I love that, you know, it just, it, it makes my skin look good. And it also too, I love how to dress in the sunny days as well. So uh, I'm able to wear things that I can't normally wear, you know, um, on any other day. So talking about a fashion, how frequently are you wearing white pants? <laughs> uh, well, they say only you should only do it, you know, a couple of times throughout the year, but I, I, I infrequently wear white pants. And if I do, it's, it's during the summer months, actually. Um, and then I'll, I try to sprinkle it. If I do wear them beyond, I think they say like after Labor Day, you should wear white. Um, but I did hear a rule that you can wear white if you like kind of 
you know, wear it with like another color. And so like a black or an accent color. Um, so, but in the summertime, I typically, um, I'm wearing white. I love everything about white pants and Sperry's and my polo shirts. <laughs> and what are you worrying about the most while wearing them? I'm not spilling anything on my white pants. <laughs> <laughs> I've made a mistake once or twice I always try to keep a pen in my pocket um, because I need to sign for something. I know it's weird. And one time I forgot that I took the cap off the pen and was like, I, I, I was like the ink got on my white pants. Thank goodness for tie to go because I was able to get a tie to go um, that worked well. But that's what I'm most concerned about is uh, getting them because it's hard to, to keep white clean. Yeah, it's, it's even hard to, uh, to wash white uh clothes you know because you have yeah. to wash white with white otherwise it won't be white anymore that is so true <laughs> how do you approach life challenges oh that's a really really great question um i think it depends on the situation and um i'm one of those people um you're aware i don't allow what's happening to me to um um put me in a hole or make me feel like the whole world is ending. So I take a moment to reflect on what is happening and think about what's in my power of control um, and what can I do to rectify it. And so I typically approach those situations from, let me take it in, let me invite what's happening, let me invite that in, let me assess it. And then like, okay, what are my steps to rectify this? Um, I try not to stay down in the dumps too long. And there is a, there's a, a saying by an author, D.H. Um, Lawrence. Um, and, and he says, you know, I never saw a wild thing feel sorry for itself. And which is around self-pity. And so I try not to stay in the dumps. I, 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 t I really, I, 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 I feel what I feel, but then I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta create a plan to flip this around. So that's how I handle life challenges, you know, and I, you know, I share with you, you know, recently I experienced several life challenges with the loss of my sister, my relationship, you know, that's been fractured and um, recently lost a supervisor um, th during, through our layoffs. Yeah. And I'm Um, a different stage of grief with each of them. And um, in this season of my life, you know, I had no energy to really deal with them head on. Mm -hmm. And what I did, Yuri, um, is I went back home to Michigan, Detroit, to, um, to be around loved ones who could pour into me and who could support me because everything around my world was changing. And so I, I didn't feel stability but I could go home and feel that. Yeah. And um, so in this, this time I had to actually had to tap into my family and community to um, support me. And how do you recharge while you are not at home? I love um, music. And so that is the time where I will put on my headphones and just sit on a chair Um, I could sit in the bedroom, but spend some time to myself listening to some music that really just helps me. It takes me to a different dimension, to a, um, to a different world, and that helps recharge uh, myself. 
Um, I'm an introvert naturally, so I get a lot of energy by, you know, being by myself anyway. And that's how I refill my cup is by going in and um, just kind of like spending time with myself. So that's how I um, that's how I recharge myself. What kind of music can make you lose yourself in it? Ooh, so I love um, R&B and neo soul music. Um, so I love um, Maxwell Um, Jill Scott, um, uh, Angie Stone, um, Let Us See. Um, I love all 90s music, to be completely honest with you. I'm still trapped into the 90s decade. I feel like the 90s was the best decade for entertainment. I don't want anybody to get upset with me because I said that, but I said what I said. Um, but uh, yeah, anything 90s and um, Neo Soul and R&B, Yuri, definitely puts me definitely in the mood. Do you dance while listening to it? Um, depends. So the, I've been, I've caught myself a couple of times in the kitchen, you know, with the music blasting through the, the kitchen speakers and uh, I've had a nice libation. So yeah, there've been some times where I've, uh, I've danced as well. You know this phrase, I've said what I've said. And is it easy for you to change your mind while having new information? Of course. Yeah, I think that's you know a part of being a lifelong learner. I think you can have your position, but also too, you have to, I, I look at it this way, um, leave some cracks in that so that some truth can come in. And whatever that is, you know, that might be something that you need to know. And so, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I said what I said, but also to, to your point, I, do, I think it's important that we also leave some cracks open so that we can allow some of that to seep in. Now, tomorrow, once I was all also wearing brackets and unfortunately they didn't, okay, they, I had eight, eight teeth and okay. when I had brackets, they helped me. But then this eight teeth ruined everything. Oh no. And I remember this feeling while wearing break braces. So what is the hardest part for you of wearing them? Um, I can't eat everything that I would like to eat. Um, <laughs> I miss some of the food that I enjoy prior to eating. Um, uh, what prior to wearing braces. Um, also too, I have to go for a monthly checkup to get them tightened. They have to reassess like the alignment of my teeth that hurts. And in yeah. fact, yesterday I got an, I got, um, a real, a readjustment and they actually made the, the braces a little bit tighter and they put, um, chains at, at one this time. So my teeth actually, they hurt actually as we're, as we're talking, um, I'll be so happy when they're off and oh my goodness, I cannot wait. I have a few more months left and I'll tell you that Yuri, anyone who wants braces just because of it, I'm here to tell you the pain of them. is not fun. I get it. The cosmetically, they look nice, But I'm telling you, the pain is not worth it at all. <laughs> totally. What will be the first food you eat while they're off? I've said this already. Yeah, it's a great question. It's going to be um, smart popcorn. That's going to be the first thing that I eat. I have not had smart popcorn in a very long time. And that's going to be the first thing I buy myself when they come off is some smart popcorn. I can imagine. And... What do you like the most about Girl Scouts cookies? Well, I love Girl Scout cookies. My favorite are the um, 
oh my goodness, the, uh, the they're called differently in different states or different regions, but I like the um I love the the peppermint. I love the um oh my goodness, I can't even think of the name. My friend's gonna beat me up. Um I like the lemon drops as well, but I love Girl Scout cookies. I'll try them all. Um, it's not what you would call it. Um, that's a different type of bar. But uh, for for this, and not to ramble, I love everything about the score Girl Scout cookies. Um, I try to support every year when they're selling them. And they taste good, you know? <laughs> they're amazing. They are amazing. <laughs> and when you saw a Golden Gate Bridge, what did you feel? Oh, you've done your research. <laughs> I love Golden Gate Bridge. Um, I've been uh, twice, actually. Um, I was there last October with my partner, and I believe it was her first time at you know going to Golden Gate Bridge. And I was, and I had been a couple of years prior. But the first thing you feel is cold and windy because it's very cold and windy on the Pacific Ocean. Um, so that's what I feel actually. I just feel very cold and very windy. <laughs> Um, but I love um, San Francisco. In fact, I'll be moving there in a couple in next month. Actually, Instagram mm. uh, has an office in San Francisco, and so I'll be relocating there. Um, and San Francisco is a hub for innovation, diversity, culture, and entertainment. And so I love it. So I'm not going to try to visit the Golden Gate Bridge as much because I don't want to ruin the novelty of it for me. But I definitely <laughs> plan to check it out once I get back there. Yeah, totally. You know, tomorrow I really wish to have the sky as a limit to our conversation, but time is the limit. So mm -hmm. let's jump to the rapid fire questions. Okay. Ice cream or cocktail? Cocktail. Warm, rainy or cold, sunny day? Cold, sunny day. What are your favorite color and song? Favorite color is blue. My favorite song right now is Ruth B. Slow Fade. If you were a superhero, what superpower would you have? I would love to be invincible. <laughs> Who do you learn from in the community world? Just name one person. Oh my goodness. Um, David Spinks. Name two people who I should definitely have this conversation with. The first person that I would recommend is Jesse Jacob. And then um, the second person that I would recommend is Max Pete. Is there one question that I definitely should have asked you but didn't? You asked a lot of great intentional questions. Um, I guess the one thing um, that I wish that you would have asked me that you didn't ask me was... Um, Why do I like um, um why do I like uh, cold sunny days over warm rainy days? But no, oh, why? I, I don't know. I just wanted <laughs> a big conversation. <laughs> I'm being silly. This is really it's so weird. fun. It's so This fun. And you know, tomorrow I really skipped a ton of questions. So, yes. like. Get ready for the volume two. You know, like this time, <laughs> this time was like flow so fast and you are such an amazing, shiny person. And I enjoyed our conversation so much that like, Otherwise. just get ready. It's, it's just the beginning, you know, if not the time we were talking and talking, but yeah, time is the limit. <laughs> Before we go, Yuri, you know, 
this was a great conversation to have and you're such a warm person and I really appreciate you inviting me to come and share a little bit more about who am I as a person. It's not often we get to have these conversations about like, who are we beyond the work that we do um, and the impact that we're trying to have on the world. Um, and so um, thank you for, um, for this and for you making the world a better place by giving folks a platform to be themselves. And Maros, thank you so much for such warm words and see you in the community world. <laughs> Take care, my friend. And thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button or five stars and share it with your friend. That's it. We're done. See you in the next episode.